Welcome to the Metaverse Podcast. My name is Noah Kravitz. This is episode 10. Coming up, a conversation with Kevin Primisario. Kevin is co-founder and CEO of Pianity. Pianity is a music NFT platform where musicians and their community gather to create, share, trade, and collect limited edition tracks. It's a marketplace for music-oriented NFTs. You can buy limited edition tracks, you can resell them and trade them, and it's also designed as a place for musicians to grow their community, connecting more directly and on a deeper level with their fans than uh, is, is and has traditionally been supported by the kind of music marketplaces we're used to with streaming and before that uh, vinyl and cassettes and CDs and all those old media things that I grew up with. Uh, it's an interesting conversation. We get into lots of things related to disrupting the music business, changing it to develop uh, deeper connections between artists and their fans, but also talking about ways that artists can support themselves, musical artists can support themselves going forward because streaming, while it might work well for the top 1%, if you will, uh, it makes it really difficult for artists to earn a living through selling music. And so touring has become a much bigger thing, but obviously the pandemic threw the touring industry upside down. And so Kevin and I dive into all of this stuff as it relates to his company, Pianity. Stay tuned for that. Uh, programming note, I mentioned this again at the end. No episode next week. We'll be back the following Tuesday, which I believe is May 10th, with episode 11 of Metaverse. So stay tuned for that. Mark your calendar or easier still, just subscribe. If you go to the Substack, metaverse.substack.com or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, you can just hit the button to subscribe and then you'll get all of the future episodes as soon as they are released. What could be easier? While you're there, take a moment, rate and review, leave us five stars, leave us a comment. You can also connect directly with us, metaversepod at gmail.com or metaversepod on Twitter. Love to hear from you, comments, feedback, suggestions, speaker or topic suggestions, all that good stuff, whatever it is, hit us up with it. We can't wait to hear from you. All right, let's get to it. My conversation with Kevin Promissario from Pianity. All right, let's welcome Kevin Promissario onto the show. Kevin is the CEO and co-founder of Pianity, and has been uh, traveling all over the place in recent weeks, getting the word out about his company. Kevin, are we talking, are you calling in from Paris today? Yeah, I'm in Paris. Hello. Excellent. Hello. Well, welcome to the show. Thank you for taking the time. I know how busy you are and uh, you know the life of a co-founder these days, uh, but thank you so much for joining the Metaverse podcast. And thank you for having me. So why don't we start by you telling the audience a little bit about what Pianity is? Yeah, so Pianity uh, is a marketplace where we allow musicians uh, to turn their track into limited editions and to sell them to their fans. Basically, it's a new way for artists and their fans to connect and deepen their relationship uh, together. Great. And so you're using NFTs as the mechanism for artists uh, to sell their music? Exactly. So the... The, the way we do limited editions is we actually, under the hood, uh, we mint um, a certain number of uh, NFTs uh, corresponding to one uh, one track. 
um, and the, and we put them on, on sale uh, so that when the founder or when the collector wants to buy it, he knows uh, that there will never be uh, more uh, more of it later and that uh, he truly owns, you know, like the number one or the, the number like uh, 64 of, uh, of a trunk. So a bunch of questions, but maybe I'll start from the listener's perspective. Um, as a listener who, you know, discovers an artist and they're on your platform, do I need to purchase a limited edition run of the track in order just to listen to the artist's music? Or I don't know if you do videos as well to watch the music video, or how does that work? Yes, yeah, so an NFT on Pianity is a cover plus a track. Uh, so they are both included inside the NFT. The cover can be a, a photo or a video. So it can be a clip actually of the actual, uh, actual music. Um, and so when you come on Pianity, actually anyone can listen to any track, um, not a preview, the full track, okay. um, without spending any money. However, if you want to own a the certificates, the limited edition, then you have to, to pay and to buy it. Got it. And are the, is there exclusivity? Are the artists exclusive Pianity or some of the, obviously the limited edition is limited edition, but how, do, how does that work with the artists um, that are on your platform also being, getting their music out in other ways? So one of our like motto is artists first. So we are trying to do everything uh, so that the artist uh, is happy and is uh, is basically more free uh, when you reason on Pianity. So he can always release as he was doing it before. So, you know, on Spotify or any NFT, uh, like, sorry, normal music platform. Right. However, if he releases on Pianity, he can't release his music as an NFT somewhere else. Got it. it. Okay. So, conditions. so the NFT is exclusive to Pianity, but the artist is free to get their music out. All other platforms and got it. Cool. Um, and, and regarding the sorry, and regarding the 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 copyrights themselves, mm -hmm. we don't take any royalty. We don't take any copyright out of the track, so it still belongs uh, to the artist himself. Very cool. So I encourage you while you're listening, call pianity.com and and take a scroll through the homepage uh, through the site. Are there particular um, types of music genres or types of artists that you focus on, or is it a broad swath? So when we started, we, we focused on electronic music mm -hmm. for one reason, well, for many reasons, but the main one was my co-founder is a producer in electronic music. Uh, so it was easier for us to get in, in that music genre because of all his friends and his network. Of course. Uh, but we are uh, like a general platform. So any anyone can, can post music. We've posted classical music. We've posted hip hop. We posted rock. We posted blues. So anything is welcome to change. How long has the platform been up and running? The platform has been running for about a year, actually. Okay. And uh, how's, it, how's it going? I mean, you must be having some success, obviously, for the things we mentioned with doing a raise and you were at South by Southwest and I, I believe there's a, a festival in Paris coming up or maybe happening. Um, but how, how have things been going? Uh, it's been going pretty well, actually. We've, so we've been live for a year. To give you some figures, we've released more than 500 artists uh, so far. Excellent. Um, they've released more than 600 tracks. Um, and uh, so those tracks are, are released uh, are, are, are as limited editions. So it's more than I think like 15,000 NFTs uh, by now that's been sold. 
uh, and more than 2.5 million in terms of, um, of, um, of revenue for the artist. That's great. Um, what's, what's the pricing like? Are the, is it a set price? Do the artists set the price? Is it an auction? How does the, the pricing work? So we, when we work with, uh, with new artists, with in particular independent emerging artists and with labels as well, uh, we have an automated way of freezing tracks. Uh, so there is one thing special about Pianity is that an NFT is, you know, well, a track is released as series of NFTs of different uh, scarcities. Um, so for people who know uh, Sora uh, in uh, football, soccer, mm -hmm. uh, that's the same way, the same way that we, we do it the same way, which means that a track can come as one edition and as 10 and as a hundred and as a thousand. Um, and and for and, for people who maybe don't know it, forgive me, you probably are about to explain this, but why set it up that way? Why the um, sort of uh, I'm gonna say artificial? I don't mean that negatively, but why the artificial scarcity? Uh, so there are many reasons for that. The first one is probably um, to capture more value from the audience. Um, so there is a great article from Chris Dixon, who is an investor as, mm -hmm. at uh, Anderson and Ritz, who wrote about this. Uh, which is, uh, you know, like um, Spotify uh, has uh, one price point, which is about $10 per month per user. Right. Um, and so even if you, as a fan of music, you want to put more money uh, to support more the artists, you can't. Well, unless you buy like 10 subscriptions, right? <laughs> you, you, you just pay $10. Um, on the opposite, on, uh, for example, Foundation, um, most of the NFTs are unique, if not all of them. Um, and so the price point is really high. So only a few people can, well, only one person can, can buy the NFT and usually it's very expensive. Uh, and so everyone, is, everyone else is excluded. So on one hand, uh, we have a business model that doesn't capture all the value uh, because it's too cheap for, for some people. And on the other hand, it doesn't capture more val much value because it's too expensive for the majority of people. Right. So what we do as Pianity is we do this series of NFTs so that there is a unique one, which is always the most expensive one uh, for the person who wants to spend most of the, like more money. But we don't want um, music to be exclusive. So we want to include everyone. And so there will always be an NFT at $10, $20 so that even if you can only spend $10 or $20, you can still buy an NFT. Um, it's um it's fascinating listening to this and remembering sort of my own history. I've always been huge into music as a fan and I started playing an instrument when I was quite young. <clears throat> Excuse me, and music has always been this huge part of my life. And hearing you talk about the price points makes me remember as a kid way back in the 1980s saving up and it was right around that $10 price point. It was maybe $7 for a cassette tape plus tax. And so as a kid, I thought it was $10. And then CDs, when I was a little older, you know, CDs became the thing and it was a little more money, $15-ish, but around that. And that was kind of when I knew I seriously liked an artist, when I was willing to, you know, kind of save that money up and spend it. And at that point, it was a little different because that was the incentive was that I could then listen to it whenever I wanted to. Otherwise, I kind of had to wait for a song to come on the radio or, you know, I, there were ways of bootlegging and all that. But point being, that was kind of the incentive. Then, obviously, everything changed sometime in the 2000s um, when uh, not streaming as we know it now, but 
I can LimeWire and those services, P2P, Napster, all of that took me a second to get there, right? And so it's interesting to hear you, the way you describe it, because now I'm thinking I get most of my music through streaming platforms these days or, or you know, finding it online. I like live music a lot. But there are cases where I'll find a band and usually it's a small artist who's, you know, when I used to play gigs, I would meet other bands at gigs and that way, whatever. And I'll go to Bandcamp, for instance, and buy their physical CD, not because I need it to listen to the music, but because I want to support them. And so, so it's from that standpoint, as a listener, I'm thinking, oh, okay, now this limited edition and the different levels of, you know, it's a one of one, it's a one of 50 makes sense to me just as a way to support the artist. How have the artists that you've been working with so far, how are they finding it? Are they, you know, are they mostly, I don't want to stereotype, but the electronic music scene, generally speaking, seems pretty progressive to me and obviously technically facile. Are they kind of more already, you know, interested in NFTs and other ways of distribution and earning money? Or are there some you've worked with who are new to it? And just generally, how are they finding the, that whole mechanism? You are 100% right. Like in electronic music, uh, there are definitely early adopters of NFTs because as you said, you know, like there are early adopters of new technologies. And on top of that, their fans, they use Bandcamp, they collect vinyls. Right. So they are right, collectors. Right. Yeah. They, they also are early adopters of NFTs. Uh, and that's why it's very easy uh, to probably, um, you know, like start with electronic music. Um, the thing you need to do in order to address all the music genres, such as hip hop, uh, is to add utilities to your NFTs. Mm, yeah, I was wondering, uh, yeah. Exactly. So right now I told you there is one, 10 or 100, 1,000. The problem is uh, it's empty boxes right now. It's like a box with only the track inside, but you can, on top of, of in, inside of that box, you can add anything you want. Right. So you can add a vinyl record as well, like Bandcamp does. You can also add a uh, backstage uh, with the artist uh, after a concert, or you can add um, a group chat discussion with the artist, uh, you know, uh, exclusive access to this group chat and, and things like this. And in hip hop, uh, usually the fans, they want to belong uh, to a crew. They want to belong to the community of the artist to identify themselves as part of the, of the community. They don't really care about the collectibles. They prefer to be part of a community. And right. that's why utilities make sense for them. We, one of the earlier episodes of the podcast was with, um, a couple of uh, a couple of gentlemen from a company called the Soul Supplier in the UK, who uh, they work with sneaker and streetwear brands um, and do editorial content around around that. But uh, we were talking; we got into talking a little bit about music, but the the notion of community building and the utility of NFTs to help facilitate community building online was a a big theme that came up. And again, not to peg fans of any kind of music or fashion in anywhere, but there's definitely an overlap with sneaker culture and hip hop culture in particular, right? So what you're saying makes a lot of sense. Why NFTs? Are there things about NFTs and, and blockchain and Web3 technology that allow you to do things that you just can't do with the previous sort of Web2 technology? Because there have been, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to invoke the names of any of the large um conglomerates who control concert ticket sales where I live. I don't want to mention those companies by name, but I've seen some of the things you've talked about before, where if you buy a certain level of ticket, you get backstage access, you get limited edition merch, you get a, a Q&A with the artist, that sort of thing. So these things are possible 
using kind of the current or old technology. Why did you and Pianity decide to go with Web3 blockchain NFTs? So if we take the example of ticketing, for example, mm -hmm. and let's say I'm doing ticketing in the Web2 way, and I say the first 100 people who buy uh, the ticket will get something additional to, to the ticket. There is no way for everyone to verify that I'm, I'm really going to distribute something to the first 100 people mm. or that there are really only 100 people that give this special access. So I would say one of the advantage of, uh, of Web3 and what one thing that is not possible, of course, is doing limited editions, but in a transparent way so that everyone can actually verify that there is indeed a hundred copies and not a thousand actually uh, that I'm selling. Um, the other thing, and it's, it's also, um, it's also related to, uh, to transparency is transparency of the money. So when I sell something, I, I can see like exactly what, or when I buy something, I can really see where the money is going. Um, and it's really useful, for example, for charity, uh, you know, like when an artist partners with a charity or when an artist say, okay, I'm going to redistribute like 5% or 10% of my earnings to a charity or even a hundred percent. Um, usually we don't have any way to verify it. However, if it's done by the blockchain and we can prove that the address that receives the money, um, belongs to this charity, then the job is done. So okay. I would say a yeah, transparency and to be sure that there is uh, like the, the thing is limited. Right. Which, um, which blockchain are you minting on? We are minting on uh, our web. Okay. And uh, are there environmental uh, concerns that you've taken into account when, when choosing your technology and how to do minting and such? So definitely. So environmental impact are one of the advantages of our web. Uh, so it doesn't, well, it, it uses a little bit of proof of work and a lot of another proof, which is called uh, proof of access. Mm -hmm. um, so basically, so our weave is a very special blockchain that allows to, to store a lot of data and to store it permanently. So for NFTs, it's really interesting because when you buy an NFT that's stored on our weave, you know for sure that it's going to be there in a thousand years. And no one is going to be able to delete it or to edit it. Um, and so their goal is to have as much storage as possible and to have it as decentralized as possible. So the, 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 the miners, they, are, they have an incentive to uh, reproduce the data. And so that's why there is this proof of access. So basically to mint a block, they have to prove that they do have access to a piece of data that is randomly uh, decided. Um, and if they do, then they can mine it. And the thing is, uh, hard drive and especially uh, SSD drive uh, consumes way less energy than you know, like CPUs and GPUs. So an estimation is that uh, our weave uh, emits like a thousand times less uh, CO2 than uh, you know, like Ethereum or other proof of work right, uh, blockchains. Right. No, that's that's good to hear. That when I started exploring this space, one of the big things that caught my attention was you know the electricity being used and where does that electricity come from and just given the environmental state of the earth right now, the last thing that, that we need is pouring fuel on that fire, so to speak. Um, how has the audience reception been to, there's a um, argument, I don't know, maybe we should start here first, but we were talking about the artist side of things and way back in the day, and, and not that I had any career such to speak of, but way back in the day when I was in some bands that were trying to you know, make it, whatever that meant, there was this idea that, you know, if you really want to do it, 
you need to quit your jobs, leave your apartment, pile into a van and hit the road. And then if you're lucky, you'll get signed by a record label and then, you know, everything's unicorns and roses or at least, you know, we thought so then. Now it seems like touring is kind of the only way that even a lot of larger established artists can keep going because of the way that streaming has changed the financials of the industry. And so I guess, even though I asked about the, the listeners, maybe I'm actually want to start there is part of, you know, is part of your intent or part of the feedback you're getting from artists to kind of address that financial equation and, and change the way that artists can uh, make a living making their art or how does that factor into things? And what are you hearing from artists about the finances involved in, you know, trying this, this new way NFTs and, and just new ways of distributing and earning from music? So it's very simple. Most of the artists that release on Pianity, they stop releasing everywhere. So we have, I have many examples of artists who stopped releasing on Bandcamp and that only use uh, Pianity today. Um, and, and you're definitely right. Like today it's almost impossible for an artist to make a living from uh, streaming. Uh, I think I have a number, which is 97% of the artists on Spotify earn less than a thousand dollars per year, right. which is, uh, which is quite uh, difficult, you know, like to, yeah. uh, to, uh, to listen to, um, or another example, because you were talking like a, a few minutes ago about buying, uh, mm -hmm. you know, like vinyl and buying CDs, uh, uh, 20 years ago. So 20 years ago, you could make a thousand dollars selling about a thousand albums. Right. Uh, today you need about 3 million, uh, streams which most of the artists can't, yeah. can't do it. And especially not every month. Uh, so yeah, definitely one of the goals, the main goal of Kennedy is to allow the artists to make a living from, from music and not uh, like outside of gigs, uh, and you know, like, uh, uh tour, et cetera. And, and right now, uh, we are man managing to do it actually. Oh, that's we've, great. We've calculated that uh, our artists make between 10 and a hundred times more money on Kennedy than they do on streaming platforms. Already just, and you've only been, already. the platform's only been up for a year. That's fantastic. Um, and how, how is the audience, you know, the consumers, how are, how is their response? Are they, NFTs have obviously been hot uh, in, in, they've been around for longer than a lot of people realize, but they've been hot in recent memory. But a lot of that's been tied to these, you know, eye popping headline grabbing numbers associated with uh, visual art sales. How has the music NFT business been from the consumer uptake side? Well, like I would say, like every, like for every new business, we have early adopters of, uh, of the business. We have people who don't understand it yet. Uh, we've, we've got people who are maybe reluctant before because of what they heard or what they uh, read in the news, mm -hmm. such as uh, what you're saying about, you know, like CO2 emissions or about, you know, like the, the, um, the, the speculation side of, of NFTs right. that they can't relate to. Uh, but then when we explain the platform and when we explain them, like, what's the goal, what we're trying to achieve, I usually they are convinced, but we need, yeah, always a bit of time. I would say to, for, to some people is that we need a bit of time to, uh, to explain them properly what the platform is doing and, and why it's probably better for, for, for them and for the artist, uh, than, you know, like old way and, 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 and streaming platforms. My guest today is Kevin Primisario. Kevin is the CEO and co-founder of Pianity, a startup that has built an NFT-driven marketplace for music, for artists to 
sell their, well, sell their music, sell it attached to NFTs that um, can also offer access, as Kevin was explaining, to all manner of things from membership in a community to backstage passes to vinyl copies of the music. Um, Kevin, I think I mentioned at the top that it looks like about a month ago now, Pianity announced uh, a seed fund round. Congratulations on that. Um, what are your plans? What is the, as much as you, you know, you're, you can and are willing to, to talk about publicly, what are the plans for using that money and just kind of, you know, more broadly going forward as you, as you build out the company? So it's expanding. Uh, so we've been focused on, on electronic music for some time. Now we want to expand to more jar. Uh, we've been reaching out to more, to more artists, uh, of course, signing uh, more deals with, with labels. Uh, we want to expand also in terms of geography. Uh, so in particular in the United States, also in Canada, in Brazil, and in Japan and Asia in general. So we want to expand, yeah, in terms of genres, in terms of, of geographies, that's the main goal of, of this money. And of course, keep improving the products. So we want to double the size of our, of our tech team in order like to release uh, in the near future mobile app, uh, and also continue improving everything that you're already. Have you found, um, you're in, you're in Paris and Europe right now. I'm, I'm in California in the United States. Um, have you found a difference in whether in sort of adoption rates or just sort of general attitudes towards NFTs, towards kind of this, you know, disrupting is a word that gets thrown around a lot, but kind of exploring a new way of doing, doing things to support, you know, the continuation of artists being able to make their art. Do you find a, a difference in those sort of attitudes, either on the artist side or the consumer side, depending on what part of the world that you're, you know, selling to or talking to? Um, I mean, are, I the, so. are the numbers higher in certain regions are just the, you know, in, in talking to people at a conference or potential artists you're trying to work with, are the, is the feedback different if you're in the U.S. versus Europe versus another part of the world? Or is it kind of generally the same? I think uh, artists in the U.S. Are way, are way more, you know, like cold, um, cold emailed, cold called uh, uh -huh. by NFT platforms, NFT agencies uh, than in Europe, okay. for example. Yep. And I think yep. there is some kind of, you know, like, they are a bit tired of it. Uh, it's <laughs> yeah. more difficult to approach uh, some of them because it's been like 20 times or 30 times I've been approached. Right. So that's right. the first thing I would say. Uh, do you go, not, are, to interrupt you, I'm sorry, but do you generally go direct to the artists or through, you know, labels or management if they're already signed somewhere? So it depends. Uh, we do have a lot of inbound uh, from artists oh, cool. from okay. any, any location. Yep. Um, and then since we want to, uh, you know, like diversify, we are trying to focus our uh, efforts or on genres that we don't already have on the platform. Right. Um, and so in that case, we do a lot of outbound. So it can be through the lab label itself. Usually we are very successful with, with label because you know, labels uh, do have the same problem as artists. They don't make money from streams mm -hmm. um, and they struggle into paying themselves and paying the artists. Uh, so Pianity is a new way for them to make money and, and to make more money and so to be happy and to, to give a new service to their artists. Right. So it's also a way for labels to be more attractive. Right. Uh, to their to artists. artists. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and I'm the, sorry, I interrupted you. You, were, you had another thought it sounded like. Oh, yeah, and there is also something else, which is in Europe in general, uh, people in tech, but also artists, are 
observing a lot what's happening in the US mm. um, because they think, and it's not only they think it's true, usually it happens always in the US before coming to Europe. Um, so they will take American artists as example, you know, so if an, an American artist uh, had a successful drop, as they will say, okay, we need to do it in France. If it's the opposite, that, then maybe we'll say, oh, we're going to wait a bit. <laughs> so they look a lot at, at what's happening in, in the United States. Right. So kind of looking out as much as you can over the next, you know, two years, three years, five years, 10 years, whatever the time frame might be, do you have a vision for what you'd like to see? Or if not, then maybe sort of a, a you know, fuzzy prediction for where you think the music industry might be headed it, it again from a you know somebody who back in the day sort of had dreams of of being a rock star and played some bar gigs and made a demo and stuff but that was kind of it you know sort of this notion of i mean to your point of you know only three percent of artists on spotify uh make more than a thousand dollars a year making a go of it as a recording artist financially is is tough right most people don't make it um, but that being said, it seems like there's kind of a consensus that the current way of doing things, streaming, streaming, dominating everything, great for consumers. For me, 10 bucks a month to get access to basically any music I want to hear is amazing. From the artist standpoint, not sustainable. And so, you know, things like blockchain, things like Web3, but then also just the social media area and kind of this bifurcation of what a recording artist does has changed so much, right? The, the mechanism of discovery is so much more uh, slanted towards video these days than audio. And, you know, the concept of an album and getting a, a, a document with music that was, you know, eight tracks, 10 tracks, and you would listen to the whole thing because it was sequenced and it was physically hard to jump from track to track. That's gone, right? And these days it's kind of, you know, you, you, you don't even have to, type anything, use voice command and call up the artist or the song and the algorithm sometimes drives what plays next. Do you have, have an idea of where this is headed or again, where you might like to see it headed? Um, you know, sort of on an industry-wide basis and just how we think about musicians living as musicians and appreciators of music, being able to consume music. Yep. Um, so I think I have three predictions to make Great. Uh, and for three actors, I have one prediction for the uh, streaming platforms, mm -hmm. one for the artists and one for the collectors and fans. Okay. Um, so what we've seen in the recent days is that streaming platforms um, actually struggle uh, to uh, be profitable. Uh, the, their margins are so small that they have to find money somewhere else. Right. But, and it's the, main it's, it's the main problem of the whole industry because if even Spotify doesn't have any margin, how can the whole industry, you know, like be profitable and, and be uh, happy, you know, right. everyone will always feel that there is some, there is someone, um, uh, that they should remove from, from the whole chain so that they make more so money. They make more money, right. Yeah. Um, whereas if you put more money in the system, then everyone is happy, right? Like it was 20 years ago. Probably. Right. Uh, and so what Spotify is trying to do is uh, they are trying to, uh, you know, like, so they have the music and now they are trying to do podcasts. Right. Uh, because they think they will make more margin and more money, more money from podcasts. And because it's audio, so it's not that difficult to integrate it into the platform. Um, so they are kind of bundling podcasts and, and, and music together. Mm -hmm. 
my prediction and it's gonna be unbundled uh, unbundled by nfts uh, because for example pianity i don't think we'll ever do podcasts uh, because it's a very different way of of working uh, with nfts and than it is uh, uh, for music um, because and that's a prediction for community community are after like uh, for um, uh, fans, fans are after communities. They want to be bonded uh, with the artist. They don't want to listen to music anymore. They want to feel connected to have a, a special link uh, with uh, with the with the artist. Um, and and I think, for example, it's quite crazy how people who own a crypto bank or an ape um, connect with that image. Right. right? It's just an image, and they put it as a profile picture. They don't want to sell it ever again because the image is themselves now. Imagine what happens if you have an NFT of an artist that is real, that you actually love and cherish, you know, like it's going to be probably even, even like stronger, like the link is going to probably be even stronger, right? Um, so I think the, like NFTs will allow to create uh, those kind of communities. And you don't build a community around an artist, like you build a community around a podcast. I would say around a podcast, you probably uh, you know, like if you have a podcast about Ukraine and you turn it as an NFT, people will probably buy it uh, because I want to talk to other people who are interested in Ukraine and talk about politics mm -hmm. and stuff like this, right? If you buy an NFT of an artist, you probably don't want to talk about the artist. You're going to connect with the artist for another reason, right? Maybe to hang out with those people, to, uh, you know, like go to the same concert, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Um, and finally, so that's community for fans. And I have another prediction for, for art system self. Uh, so you talked about albums, etc. So I think the, the technology influences the format of the music. And we've seen in the past, you know, like going from vinyl uh, to CDs, like the length of the tracks evolved uh, with, with the format right. because before the CDs, you couldn't store like a certain amount of time and then it was more free. Yeah. And then uh, Spotify arrives and you thought because it's digital, you can do any length, but actually no, because on Spotify, you are paid by the stream. So you have to do like short tracks right. in order to have more streams, right? right. Uh, so now all the tracks are t two minutes. Um, I think uh, NFTs will fundamentally change the way artists uh, produces music um, and it will unlock actually their creativity because it doesn't matter if the track is two minutes or 10 minutes. Is gonna sell uh, because it's a piece of art and not because uh, you listen to the full track. Right. Um, so we've seen on Planity tracks going from maybe one minute. Uh, we actually even had birds uh, thinking, you know, like so, thirty minutes recording. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, and uh, we've had full live sessions of one hour and a half yeah. uh, minted as an NFT, right? And so this will unlock. Uh, a lot of creativity from the artists. They won't feel, you know, like constrained uh, to like a two-minute, uh, two-minute track. And also, I think they will turn away from the albums as well because now there is no need to do an album. Mm. Why would you sign uh, with a label to do like a full album where you can release like your your music like one by one right. uh, as NFTs? Right, right. Uh, it's interesting. There's a little bit of there's something inside me that cried just a little bit when you said that about albums, it makes sense. But I was thinking about how there's something about the album as a, you know, as an intentional document and really good albums, right? When the artist really, you know, crafts 
the sequencing and all of that. But then again, they can do that with NFTs. There's like you they said, there's no limits. Yeah, they can do a collection. There are all kinds of things. Um, so they, they can do collections. Uh, and actually, it's very powerful. So you're right. Albums, I think the problem with albums is that artists were forced to do albums. Right. Um, I think now what is interesting is they can release it as a single piece or they can say, okay, I'm going to do a collection. And then they can decide, is it a three-piece collection, a 20-piece, a hundred pieces, right? Like people do with the visual art, you know, he's doing one every day and it's like, it's been like 10,000 days. Uh, you can do it also with uh, with music if you want to. So you can build this collection that evolve, uh, you know, like you have the first part and then and then you tell the stories for your collection. You can do whatever you want. Right, right. Now the freedom is great. Um, you mentioned, uh, you know, that there are some live sessions as NFTs on Pianity. Do you have any, have you done any, or do you have any plans to get into live events with musical artists? And then I'm thinking about, you know, concert, early concerts that have happened in the metaverse, to use that term, on, on Fortnite and other platforms that have been, you know, hugely successful and the costs are lower than live touring. I, I would assume, even though some of them are, are pretty involved productions, but then the audience that you can reach, you know, potentially so much bigger. Is that part of what Pianity is doing or, or no? So we've not uh, done anything in the metaverse yet. Uh, one of our investors is a co-founder of the Sandbox. So it's oh, okay. something that yeah. is open and, yeah. and maybe we'll, we'll explore this. And I know that they want to do, you know, like things with concert, live events, etc. So um, we are completely open uh, to this. However, we've done it uh, last week. Um, so last week there was a, a non-fungible conferences in, in Lisbon. Mm -hmm. um, and so we were partnering with MoGa uh, and basically what we did is there uh, was a live, live session of an artist that we recorded and then we sold it as an NFT just after the session ended. Got it. Uh, it was the first time we did this. Oh, great. How was the response? It was great, actually. Like, I, I had feedback even today from people that went to Lisbon. I was not where my, my co-founder was. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and he told me, like, this live was the best, like this event was the best live and event of the world conference. That's so great. I guess yeah. it was, it was nice. Very cool. I'm a huge fan of live music. I, uh, I mean, all, all, everything has its place, but I, I improvise music and live music does something, does something special, I think. So it's great to hear. Um, before I let you go, Kevin, any um, thoughts you want to leave the audience with, whether regarding Pianity in particular, NFTs and artists, kind of the future of connecting and supporting with artists, kind of, Closing thoughts on your end. Um, yeah, I think uh, one of the clothing sort I, I have is about identity. Mm -hmm. so maybe your identity, my identity. Um, I think part of our identity is, is what we own, uh, or at least what we collect. Right. Uh, and I think NFTs allow us to collect again. With, I think human human people are are collectors you know we some people collect cars some people collect books vinyl records you can name it um nfts allow us to collect uh, in the digital world and allow us to collect again uh music um and i think we can now build again our identity by collecting uh our music identity by collecting music nfts uh, and i think it's going to be really interesting for the future because it's not it's not just I like a track uh, or I follow an artist, it's I actually have a stake in his potential success. And I right. I will be rewarded uh, if he's successful. And 
until the end of time, if I don't resell it, it will be part of my collection and people will know that I was one of the early supporters of the artist. Right. So I think uh, people will be able to build their own identity online and their music identity uh, on Kennedy in the future. Yeah, the issue of identity and community and all of that is is one that I think um, the more time somebody spends in the space participating, in my case, talking to people like you, the deeper that that resonates and becomes, you know, if you think about everything people are doing on online and zoom that out by three years, five years, 10 years, identity is just such a huge part of it. It's fascinating. Um, Kevin, for listeners who want to find out more about Pianity, maybe get started uh, looking at some NFTs, starting to build a collection of their own. What is the best way for them to get started? Go to the website. Do they need a crypto wallet before they do that? How, how can they get going? So you can directly go to pianity.com. You don't need any wallet. Uh, if you don't have one, uh, it can be created for you uh, right. on sign up. So we custodial and non-custodial wallets. Uh, and then the best, the best way for you to uh, get started and ask questions and, and, uh, you know, like get, get feedback, uh, if you are an artist, um, and also a collector is to come to the discord. So at the, on the footer of the website, you can join the discord. We have a very active community. Very responsive, very caring uh, for each other. So just just come to the Discord as well. Excellent. We'll put those links in the uh, show notes as well. Uh, well, Kevin, thank you so much. It's been great to learn a little bit more about Pianity. And I think the, again, the that whole aspect, but besides the financials, which are obviously huge for supporting artists to keep creating art in this crazy world that we live in, where it's difficult to do so, these these topics of identity and community building are, are pervasive throughout the space. And as somebody who loves music, it's very cool to hear about it from this perspective. So thanks again for taking the time to join the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for the opportunity and for the discussion. All right, that'll do it for this episode of Metaverse. Again, my thanks to Kevin from Pianity for the conversation. If you are interested in the future of music, community building, identity, all of that good stuff, go check out pianity.com and also the Discord. Uh, We'll put that in the show notes, but you can go to pianity.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page, as Kevin mentioned, and they've got links to their Discord as well as their social channels. So you can check out everything that they're up to and browse their marketplace for your one-of-a-kind music NFTs. Programming note for you, no show next week. Uh, I guess we're taking a week off after we hit the 10 episode mark. I know just as these things happen, no show next week, but we'll be back the following Tuesday, which I believe is May 10th with a new episode of Metaverse. But if you subscribe in the meantime, you won't even have to think about it. You'll just get the new episode as soon as it's minted, hot off the audio presses. So check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, or you can go to the Substack, metaverse.substack.com, and sign up there, and you'll get the new episodes as soon as they drop. Until next time, my name is Noah Kravitz. Thanks for listening. Leave a, leave a review, rate and review five stars. We appreciate it. And we will see you on the next episode of Metaverse. Take care. Take care.